Thanks for listening to The Vine's podcast. The Vine is a church in Austin, Texas, with the simple goal of following Jesus together. And we hope this message helps you in doing just that. Our scripture reading this morning comes from the book of Galatians. This is our final sermon in our sermon series on the book of Galatians. And the scripture reading today comes from Galatians chapter 6, verses 11 through 18. The scripture reads, See what large letters I use as I write to you with my own hand. Those who want to impress people by means of the flesh are trying to compel you to be circumcised. The only reason they do this is to avoid being persecuted for the cross. Not even those who are circumcised keep the law, yet they want you to be circumcised that they may boast about your circumcision in the flesh." May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything. What counts is the new creation. Peace and mercy to all who follow this rule, to the Israel of God. Um, From now on, let no one cause me trouble, for I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, brothers and sisters. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. I find it to be a great privilege to sit under uh, the teaching of godly men and women in our community, and Fabs is going to bring us a gift of uh, sermon today. Fabs is a part of our, our church staff, and let's welcome her as she comes up. Thank you. Thanks, Mark. Hi. As Mark said, my name is Fabs. If you don't know me, Fabs is short for Fabian. You're welcome to call me Fabienne if you can remember it. It's, it's tricky. Um, as Mark said, we've been going through the book of Galatians, if you're new here. Each week we've taken a chapter and kind of broken it down. And for me, I have really, really enjoyed that. I think this past, I guess this is week six, but the past five weeks, every week I've left feeling a little bit more refreshed and a little bit more grounded in the gospel. So I'm really excited to get to take us home today with chapter six. Um, this is Paul. He's kind of wrapping up this letter He writes a couple of letters in the New Testament, so we kind of see throughout the New Testament the way that Paul likes to wrap things up. He usually has this little routine where he'll, you know, ask how everyone's doing, like, you know, how's Steph, how's how's she doing over there, and here's what's going on with me, here's what prison is like, you know, whatever is going on in Paul's life, he kind of shares with them. He updates them on anyone he's hanging out with, but in this letter, in Galatians, Paul doesn't do any of that. He doesn't take any time for his normal routines of how he likes to wrap up a letter. He just kind of one more time preaches the main message of the book of Galatians and he drops the mic. So that's what we're going to be in today, starting in verse 11, which I love. He says, see what large letters I use as I write to you with my own hand, exclamation point. I love this. I like the idea of like Paul being like, okay, I'm going to write really big letters the rest of this with my own hand. No one's writing this for me. Um, it's kind of like his way if he was typing this in an email. Everything that's going to come next is like bolded and underlined. This is it. This is the main point. If you've been tuning out Galatian Church or Vine Church, this is the time to tune in. This is the main point of the letter. And he says, Those who want to impress by means of the flesh are trying to compel you to be circumcised. The only reason they do this is to avoid being persecuted for the cross of Christ. Not even those who are circumcised keep the law, yet they want you to be circumcised that they may boast about your circumcision in the flesh. 
May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything. What counts is the new creation. And then peace and mercy to all who follow this rule to the Israel of God. If, you're, if you've been with us through this series, you're probably like, how are we still talking about circumcision? That's how I feel. It's been like every chapter, how are we not done with this yet? And if you're new to the book of Galatians, you're probably like, wait, why are we, why are we talking about circumcision? But this, this last little point he's making, it, it's not really about just circumcision. That's a symptom of a deeper root problem. And, and how Paul wants to end this letter, the thing he wants to emphasize is the problem in the church of Galatia is that you've got people who are claiming to follow Jesus or trying to follow Jesus, but they're boasting in something other than the cross. They're boasting in something other than the cross. And when I was typing up these notes, uh, Microsoft Word or Google Docs, whatever I was using, kept underlining that and being like, no, Fabs, you mean boasting about. There's not, boasting in isn't a thing. And I was like, no, Google Docs, I mean boasting in. Because that's how Paul says it, right? He says, I'm boasting in the cross of Christ. And I like that because boasting in has this image of like standing on something, like putting your weight on something. The, the Jewish Galatian believers are putting their weight in, they're boasting in circumcision. They're putting their weight on that. And what that means is they're, they're banking on it. They're banking on circumcision or the means of the flesh, as he says here, they're banking on what they bring to the table to earn their worth. That's what it means to boast in something other than the cross. It means we, we bank on it. We put our weight in it. We put on our weight in what we bring to the table in order to earn our worth. It helps me to picture like this chasm underneath us all the time. <laughs> I don't know why this is helpful, but yes, Fabs walks around constantly picturing this giant chasm underneath her that's like this feeling of worthlessness and hopelessness and purposelessness. And, and I, I stand on something, I put this like plank of wood across that chasm and I, I, I put my weight in it and I bank in it, I boast in it. It's my claim for why I'm not worthless. It's my, it's my confidence for why I know I have value, why I know I have purpose, why I, I know I belong. And in those moments where I'm not sure, like if I have a rough week at work or I'm not producing the way I might like to, when I feel that insecurity, I cling to these things. Whatever they are, those things on that plank of wood, I, I cling to them as my confidence, my boast. This is why I know I'm okay. I know I'm okay because, okay, maybe I missed some emails, but I try really hard. That's the thing I, I put my boast in a lot. I boast in that I try really hard. When I feel afraid that I don't have worth, when I don't have value, when that feels threatened, I boast in the fact that I try hard. I, I boast in the fact that I do the work. I try to improve myself. I boast in the fact that I'm really good at apologizing. I, I like to take responsibility for my mistakes. These are things I boast in, right? And before we go any further, I want you to kind of get in your head some of those things that you boast in, right? It's probably not circumcision. It's definitely not circumcision for me. It's those other things I listed. But think through what are the things that like when you've had a terrible day, when you get done and you've yelled at your kids all day and you just feel like maybe you're worthless, maybe that, that your worth is in jeopardy. What are the things that you comfort yourself with that you boast in? Okay, is it, is it like your actions? How hard you tried? How good you are at certain things? How hard you work out? Is it your strengths, like your skills, your gifts? your intelligence? Is it your personhood, like your body, how you look, 
or your personality, your Enneagram type. You're like, well, I'm a type eight, so that, that's my comfort, that's my boast when I feel like I don't have worth, right? Is it your relationships or your connections? One of the reasons that the folks in Galatia were banking or boasting in circumcision was because for them it was evidence of belonging to this long lineage of the history of the people of God. And, and maybe we don't boast like that, but we boast in our relationships. Maybe instead of boasting in our actions, we boast in our kids' actions, how good they are at X, Y, Z, or, or who we know on the school board, or, or whatever it is. We boast in things to keep us feeling safe. We, we bank. We put our weight in what we bring to the table in order to give us this sense of worth, in order to earn our worth. And some of you may be like, I can't think of anything. I don't boast in anything. I can't even remember the last time I felt good about myself. But you should know that the symptom of boasting in something other than the cross, it may be that bragging feeling of like, yeah, I love this about myself. But it could also be that feeling of shame, right? It could also be that feeling of worthlessness, right? Because if I put my weight, if I put my worth in being a good mom, at the end of the day, if I'm not a good mom, I'll feel worthless. And that may not feel like a boast, but it's because I'm boasting in this thing to keep me safe, to give me worth, to give me confidence that I belong, and it's not working, right? It's not coming through for me. On the next slide, I have a little picture of this. So it's like, either way, you're trying to build this bridge across this chasm, and sometimes maybe that bridge feels pretty good, and sometimes it feels a little bit like this other one on the stage left. I don't know, this, you know, the one. And that, that is how it can feel like shame or pride. But either way, what's happening is you're banking, you're counting on what you bring to the table to earn you worth. So take a second and just get a few things in your head. If you're like me, there's probably like a million things that could fall in that category. Just try to get something in your head. Paul's argument in the entire book of Galatians and what he's ending with such big letters in his own hand is that we have two options in life. We can either boast, we can either bank on what we bring to the table to earn our worth, or we can boast in the cross. That's it. We can boast in the cross alone. Those are our two options. He says, may I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. So what does it mean to boast in the cross? It's, we, we, if we've been around church, we might have heard something like that before, but it's kind of a weird concept. A cross is like an instrument of execution. It's not like a nice, sweet thing. But the cross is, it, boasting in the cross can mean a lot of things, but I think one of them is that when we boast in the cross, we bank on the worth that is evidenced in the cross. Okay, so over here, when we bank in what we bring to the table, we're banking in it to earn our worth. What I do earns me worth. But over here, when I'm boasting in the cross, I'm pointing to the cross, and I'm saying this moment in history, when Jesus died on the cross, that is the evidence of how much I'm worth. Because throughout all of human history, the cross is like this, this moment when God, in the clearest way, declared the worth of human beings, right? He came inside of time, and he said, this is the price tag for buying you out of bondage to slavery, for, for buying you back to myself, for bringing you home. This is what it costs. This is the price I'm willing to pay with joy. It's this evidence of how much we're worth. It doesn't earn us worth. It's the evidence of how much we are worth. Like if you take a piece of art to an art appraiser, which obviously I've never done, so this is all based on what I've seen in movies. But if you did that, then when they tell you the worth of that painting, they're not giving it worth, they're declaring its worth. They're saying this is what it is already worth. Before I saw it, it was worth this, but this is what it's worth. That's what, that's what the cross is. It's God saying, this is what you're worth to me. I so loved the world. 
I, so, I, I loved you, I valued you so much that this is what you're worth, right? And, and the appraiser can do that when, it's, when they are looking at a piece of art because they're qualified. And God, he's like the creator, first of all, and he's the only just judge. So when he steps inside of time and he says, this is the value of humans to me, this is the price I'm willing to pay to bring them home, he's the expert. It's this evidence of our worth. And I think it's important to know that that worth, that, that, that price tag that God's saying, this is what you're valued at, he doesn't just say that about like the best parts of us. Like, you know how you have those parts of you that you don't like let come out at parties, you shove them way down, down deep inside and like in the basement of your soul, you like take a hammer and well, maybe this is just me. They're like <laughs> kept far away from the crowds. God looks at those parts of you, the parts that you don't feel like are welcome at the table and he says, they are worth this to me. The cross is a declaration. It's evidence of how much they're worth. So, got these two options. We can boast in what we bring to the table to keep us safe, to give us worth, to give us value, to earn our worth. Or we can shift our weight and we can boast in the cross as this proof, as this evidence of our worth. And when you're hearing those two options, it may be like, well, yeah, why would I pick anything else? It sounds nice to have my worth be secure. Why on earth would the Galatians want to boast in circumcision when they could boast in the cross of Jesus? It just sounds silly. But the Galatians didn't want to just boast in circumcision. They were okay boasting in the cross. They just didn't want to boast in the cross alone. right? And that's kind of the catch here. Paul is talking about Boasting in the cross alone. May I never boast in anything except the cross alone. And that's where it gets tricky because what we like to do is like boast in the cross for like whatever comes on the flip side, heaven, eternity, our standing before God, whatever it is. But for this life, for like the day-to-day, we'll boast in these things. And, and, and the cross will be like this safety net that can catch us underneath, but we'll put our weight in these other things. Or if you're like me, what I like to do is kind of split my weight. So I put weight in like the things I'm good at over here, I'll boast in those things, but then when I'm terrible at things, then I'll boast in the cross. And I like to, you know, I'm an equal opportunity boaster. I'll boast in the cross some days, I'll boast in my flesh other days, I like to mix it up. But Paul is saying the the benefits of boasting in the cross only come if you shift your weight all the way into it. You don't even leave a tippy toe on this other thing to keep you safe. You pull all your weight and you, you boast in the cross alone. That is hard to do. It feels risky. It feels scary. Think about that. Leaving behind over here, not just like your sin and brokenness and the parts of you that you don't like, but leaving behind like what validates you, what makes you feel good as a human, what makes you feel like you belong, what gives you confidence, leaving that totally behind and putting your weight just in the cross. I think it can can feel like leaving ourselves behind, right? Leaving who we are behind. But the good news that we're gonna see here at the end of the book of Galatians is that if we do that, if we shift our weight fully and boast in the cross, we're not, we're not losing ourselves, we're finding ourselves. We're actually gonna find that we're gonna be set free to be who we're truly made to be and that we're gonna be made new. Those are the two benefits of boasting in the cross, that we're set free to be the creature we were designed to be, our arms are free to love people, and that we are made new. So let's talk about being set free 
in verse 14 that we've talked about, that's the verse where Paul says, may I never boast in anything except the cross of Jesus. The message translation of that verse says, because of that cross, I have been crucified in relation to the world, set free from the stifling atmosphere of pleasing others and fitting into the little patterns that they dictate. So, when our worth is based on what we bring to the table, when we're banking on that to earn our worth, then we have this thing we need. We need, like, like if you imagine this plank of wood, you need, like, these guardrails, these handrails, these things you can hold on. We need people to validate us. We need people to validate us. We need people to tell us, to speak over us that, that we belong, that we have a right to be here. Validation's like, a little distinct from worth, it's like that feeling of, like, I have a right to this. I have a right to be here. I have a right to belong. I, deserve, I paid my club membership entry fee and I belong in this group of people. And when we're, we're banking on our worth, to, when we're banking on what we bring to the table to earn our worth, then we need people to do that work of validation. And because of that, we become slaves to our fear of man, right? If people are what are holding you steady as you walk across this like incredibly large chasm, where your worth is dependent on this thing. If, if people are that, then you're gonna hold on to them pretty fast and you're, you're gonna need a lot from them, right? Just like we hear about these Galatian, Jewish Galatian, Galatian Christians who are banking on circumcision, it tells us because they're looking to people to validate them, they have this need to impress others, to avoid criticism. These are the symptoms of being enslaved to the fear of man because you need people to validate you. But if we shift our weight, if we boast in the cross, if our, if our worth is secure, then our validation, our sense of like we have a right to be here, our, our club membership fee has been paid, we've earned it, that is all handled again in the cross. Right? Jesus has, has paid with his life and his death. He's earned us the right to belong. That sense of validation, that lifting of your head, that feeling of I have a right to be here. It comes from the cross. And our arms are free, like in my little pictures, these folks over here, you can tell that I took those graphics just off the internet because they have like, don't use these graphics stamped on them. Sorry about that. Um, but these folks over here, their arms are free. They can love people. They don't have to grip on to people. They don't have to use them. They don't have to compare themselves and judge others. They're free to love people. They don't have to be a slave to the fear of man because their validation doesn't come from man. It comes from the cross. When they have those moments of like accusation of like, maybe, maybe I, I haven't earned enough to be here, they can bank on, well, Jesus did though. Jesus earned my place here. And when they have that feeling of, but I've done something that disqualifies me, that discounts me, they can bank on the cross, but I paid for that. I paid for that on the cross. I was crucified with him, right? I'm free now. I don't need anything from people, so I'm set free to love them. I'm set free to root for people without envy because their success doesn't threaten me. It doesn't invalidate me, right? I'm set free to be myself without having to conform because I don't need to earn my membership here. It's been earned already for me. I can just show up as I am. I'm free to welcome and serve others without resentment, without requiring payment from them, without keeping track of who owes who what, because all of that debt has been paid. We're all clear. We're all good. We all belong in the cross, right? So kind of an example when I was thinking through this this week of how this all works practically or how it has worked historically or not worked, as the case may be, in my life. I became a Christian a little bit later in life, um, and so I didn't know 
really all the rules of how to belong. So I was like, I'll boast in the cross. That sounds great. But I learned fast. I'm a fast learner. So it didn't take long at all for me to be like, okay, no, no, no. The cross is so great. Sure, love it. But also, I can get good at things. Like I, maybe if I memorize some of the Bible or like learn to teach in the church, I can do these things. Or if I get good at this, and I'm actually you know, going to overcome all these specific sin struggles that people have, and then I can feel good. And I felt pretty good, you know. I'm going to go on staff at a church, not this church, another church. I'm going to just get good. I'm going to have a lot to bank in. And if you'd met me, I would have told you, I am boasting in the cross of Jesus, not what I bring to the table. 100% sure of it. But I know for a fact that I was boasting in what I brought to the table because the bottom fell out, like fell out. I ran into sin that I just never thought would be a part of my story. I made choices that are objectively terrible. I don't mean like Christian bad choices. I mean like line the people up. I made bad choices and everyone would agree. I hurt people I love. I betrayed people who meant the world to me. And all of a sudden, I know I wasn't boasting in the cross because when that happened, there was nothing underneath me in that chasm. I felt worthless. And not like, hmm, I feel a little insecure. I mean, like, I wanted to die. It was horrible. It was terrible. And you'd think I would shift my weight and boast in the cross. And I did, like, a little bit, like, lean on the cross while I made repairs, <laughs> while I rebuilt this, like, pathetic plank of wood. Lean on the cross and then put your, put your hope for your worth and how long it's been since the last incident of terrible choices. Like, sort of like when you go to AA and they give you a chip and it's how many days sober you've been. That would be, I'm going to bank on how many days it's been since our last incident. <laughs> These are the things I'm going to bank in. I banked a lot in being really sorry for what I'd done. That made me feel safe. When I felt like I don't have worth as a person, I'd be like, but look how sorry you are. That's your boast. That's what gives you confidence. And I would wrap shame around me as like this, this this medal that proved that I had worth because look how bad I feel about what I've done. And I remember being in counseling and my uh, sweet counselor was like, we've got to get rid of this shame. It's like crippling your life. And I was like, oh yes, no, I hate the shame as well. Yeah, I hate it, but we can't get rid of it. <laughs> and she was like, what is the danger? If you, if you stop walking in shame, what are you afraid of? And I would tell her, I can see the day that I have to stand in front of people and give an account for the choices I've made. I can see it like before God, I can see it with people, I can see it with me alone in a room. I can imagine having to give an account for these choices. And the only thing I wanna have with me on that day is like this, this proof that I'm so sorry, that I hate myself for what I've done. That's this thing I'm gonna use to get validation from people and it's this thing I can stand on that makes me feel in those moments where I feel like I'm a terrible person. This shame is like the thing I boast in that makes me feel like maybe I'm not that bad. And she was like, what if you imagine that day giving an account for your choices and you imagine boasting in like the fact that you're forgiven, the fact that you're free, what if you become proud of the fact that you don't have to grovel because of the cross? I was like, hmm, that sounds kind of good. <laughs> sounds hard, though, you know. But I would try it. I'd practice. I used to, I remember, like, being in worship, and the lights would go down, and I remember I would stand there, and I would feel those accusations of, like, I just don't deserve to be here. Like, what am I doing? I do not belong in the family of God. I do not belong in worship. 
I do not belong with friends as a human. And I remember I would stand there and I would practice shifting my weight, like literally. I'm sure people were watching me. I looked crazy, but I would picture like the cross and I would picture stepping on it and leaving behind my failure, but also my shame, also the parts of me that, that I was proud of, that like wanted to apologize, that wanted to make it right, leaving all of it behind and just the cross, like just the cross. And I would imagine banking on that and feeling like, oh, I've paid, I've paid in full for what I've done. And I have a right to be here in Jesus and I could feel God like the lifter of my head, right? Lifting my head and saying, your worth is evidenced in the cross and you have nothing to earn. It's been done. And I know that sounds offensive, but I I have nothing to repay. I have nothing to atone for because I am banking, I am boasting in the cross, right? And then I'd walk out and have to do the whole thing over again. (laughs) But that's how it worked. That's how it worked for me in that season, boasting in the cross. And I felt it kind of set me free from this need to get people around me to validate me. I began to feel more and more free to share my story, to talk to people, to be open, less and less enslaved by like, well, I need these handrails. I need the validation of people. And if I tell them this, they're not going to like me. So I felt a little more free of that. I began to walk in that freedom. And I didn't know then, but that was not the end of what boasting in the cross purchased for me, because that's not the end of Paul's letter here in Galatians. He has one last truth that he drops on them. He says this, he says, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything. What counts is the new creation. Neither circumcision, when you're standing over here, you don't need to boast in circumcision, and you don't need to boast in uncircumcision. Like, it, it doesn't count for anything to earn your worth. And if you shift your worth, if you boast in the cross, if you bank on the cross to prove your worth and to validate you, then you become new. The cross makes you new. There's this moment in um, The Passion of the Christ. I don't know if you've seen it. I'm a movie person. I don't necessarily recommend it. There's a couple things I don't like about it. But... There's this moment towards the end, and when I was watching it, I was being a total movie snob about it as well. I was like, ugh. And, and you see the, the guy who's portraying Jesus, you know, it's very graphic and gruesome, and he's tortured and all these things. And I was just like, this is gratuitous. I don't need to watch this. And I'm sitting there with my cynical heart, and I'm watching it, and he's carrying the cross through the streets, and he makes eye contact with one of the disciples. And he looks up, and, and Jesus in the movie says, Behold, I am making all things new. Blood pouring down his face. He looks a mess. He's ruined by being beaten and by the cross he's carrying. And he says, behold, I'm making all things new. And I was like, that, Jesus did not say that in that moment in the Bible. And that is perfect. Behold, I'm making all things new. That's the, that's the work of the cross. That's the work of the cross. When I'm boasting in the cross, I am made new. Right? Back in counseling, different session. Didn't have all my breakthroughs in one session. Different session. I remember telling my counselor, I'm sort of hopeless of how my life can ever be different, though. Because, like, this thing that I've done, this part of my story will always be with me. I can never escape it. Right? I can go to a new church, but I, I still have this in my story, and I hate that. I'm always, I told her, I'm always going to be giving an account. The rest of my life, I'm going to be explaining this. And I remember her, and I was like, what hope do I have of anything ever being different? I remember her saying, well, maybe your hope is that you could be different. Not your circumstances, but you. Like, imagine what this would feel like if you weren't wrapped in shame. 
If I'm boasting in the cross, right, I'm set free from that shame. I don't have to walk around like that. And so the hope I have is not that this thing I did, that I can rewrite it, that I can change it, but that I'm different and that makes the circumstance feel different, right? That, that as I anticipate those encounters where I have to explain myself over and over throughout the rest of my life, that because I no longer am a slave to the validation of man, that, that those moments don't bring me such fear. I'm not so afraid of it. I know who I am in the cross, and so it changes the experience of my life and it, and it changed the circumstances. I no longer had to live in that. Making you new, boasting in the cross makes you new and that makes your circumstances new. You bring something new to your circumstances. Like whatever it is you're facing this week that feels hopeless, that feels like you can't change it. The good news is that you are changed. And that means you can see it differently, you can engage in it differently, you can move your arms differently, you don't have to be a slave to the fear of man, and you don't have to put your worth in things that are shakable. You can boast in the cross, and that sets you free, right? And it makes you new.